Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, we are playing the hardcover adventure Scarlet Citadel. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to a dedicated Discord server, the monthly Patreon Q&A, the City of Arches sourcebook, Uncovered Secrets Volume 1 and 2, a whole bunch of exclusive adventures, and a whole lot of other stuff. And to the patrons of Sly Flourish, Thank you so much for your support. Yeah, we had, so I had a week off. We actually had a week. This is kind of interesting. I was at a gaming convention and I think five of my, no, four of the six players that I play with on my Sunday game were at the gaming convention. So it was really a lot of fun to see them in person again. We, we all got together to see the D&D movie too, but mostly we play online because one of our players is in Colorado and it's just, it's pretty easy for us to play online. So we've been playing online anyway. So it was nice to see them in person, but that meant we didn't have a game last week. So instead we played other games and now we have to think two weeks back to what happened and a lot of stuff happened. So we are a good ways in. I think I think we got two chapters left of Scarlet Citadel or like two and a half chapters left of Scarlet Citadel. They are in level four, which is the Bat Caves. It's where all the Darrow are doing interesting things where we are going to do a fun situation that's very much like a fistful of dollars slash Yojimbo Sanjiro sort of thing where the characters come in there are two opposing groups that are sort of fighting against each other they're sort of stuck in a stalemate and the characters get involved with who they're going to deal with on either side and what's great about a situation like this and situation based D&D kind of situation based role playing games which I really love is I don't know where it's going to go but it has lots of room for it to go in lots of different directions and it did. In this case, there are two groups of Darrow. One of them are heavy worshippers of Kamazots, the bat, the bat god, the demon prince of bats. And you have the what I'm referring to as the Acid Queen, this another Darrow who is experimenting with the strange plant life and mushrooms in the area and has used it not just to like hallucinate about other worlds, but actually sort of bridge into other worlds. And which is a really neat concept in the sun. It's a, a brew so potent it actually does take you to another world. And they have been kind of at war with each other. There's these two groups have been going off on one on one another, but they don't. Neither of them. They both hate Morta the Debased, who's the ruler over the. You know, they're, they're, she's second in command to to Gellert the Gruesome, who's kind of running all these like, terrible experiments in Scarlet Citadel, and they're desperately afraid of her. And the uh, so so the characters ran into the first one, the the Kamazots one, and immediately took a heavy dislike of him. And that was interesting to play through. They, they, they fought in a really hard battle. They really got kind of beat up. And I think they were kind of mad that like they got beat up so much. And the, uh, the, the, the fun bit was that they ended up wiping him out. They killed, he, he died. I wouldn't say they killed him. It turned out he was killed by one of his own guys. They used some deception and managed to get him killed. And now that means the other side's already won and they haven't even met her yet. So that's kind of an interesting, an, an interesting approach to this. I'm going to start off by generating a new session planning template. As always, I am using Notion to do my campaign planning. If you want to learn more about using Notion to do campaign planning, you can find a link down in the show notes below. And you, yeah, so I'm going to generate a new session planning template, which builds a new template for the session, as it says. And today's date is 14 May, Sunday, Scarlet. Citadel. Let's talk more about what happened because it was really fun. So the characters came down. We're going we're gonna to look at Owlbear Rodeo down here. Owlbear Rodeo is the VTT that I'm using. So they came down into this area here. Does my mouse cursor show up when I do it? Yeah, it does. And they knew that there were a bunch of Darrow here. So they, they came out into this big open area. Ignore this demon out of space for a moment. 
And there was just packed with Darrow. And there was an image of Kamazots themselves. Kamazots, the, the demon prince of bats. And Kamazots was like, come closer. Let's, let's have a look at you. And a couple of the characters were like, okay. And then he's like, you know what? I think you're wanting. Kill them. And all the Darrow attacked. And they're fighting the Darrow. And they realize that like Kamazots isn't doing anything. And they, I think, eventually figured out, oh, wait, Kamazots is a big illusion. So they killed out, a, they killed a bunch of Darrow, but a couple of them dropped in the, in the, a couple of them dropped during the battle. They did not die, but they did drop. And they wiped out the other Darrow. And then finally, Kamazots says, okay, stop. You have proven yourselves to be loyal. Come and speak to my, my, come and speak to my avatar. Come and speak to my speaker in the main room. And the character's like, Arr. and they figured out like Kamazots is an illusion, right? And so they went back to this chamber here and a couple of anti-paladins, Overin and Alabek, followed them to the area. But, but Malarkey, Malarkey, I think a couple of, Malarkey used her potion of demutation, demutation, demutation to become really small and slide through and then started pretending to be Kamazots. And the, uh, the, the head, the speaker here, was the one pretending to be Kamazots. And he got confused and he said like, you know, you know, slay my, slay this hypocrite who is claiming to be me. And the anti-paladins are like, oh my God, it really is Kamazots. Like we've been following this guy. The anti-paladins knew that the speaker that was here was pretending to be Kamazots. So then when they thought they were hearing actual Kamazots, one of them just murdered the speaker, killed him on the spot. And then the Kamazots said thing, Kamazots said, now meditate upon my might for the next seven days. And they're like, do we get a food and water? And like every four days you may have food and water. And they're like, I mean, it might be kind of boring. And they're like, five days with food and water. Like, okay, we should shut up now. So these two anti-paladins are going to sit here wasting away, thinking that they're meditating upon thoughts, which is really fun. While the rest of the characters then kind of looted the thing. They took a rest. I think they took a long rest in here because they were pretty wiped out. And during the long rest, other Darrow raided the, all the rest of the stuff that the speaker had and took all his stuff. And many of them defected over to the other, the other uh, uh, Darrow, who's over on this side that we haven't yet seen. I think that's going to be today's today's adventure is going to be focused on that so it was a really fun deception it was it was fun for me like i didn't need to have this is kind of a here's a here's sort of a tip this is sort of a, a, a you know moderate to advanced dming tip the idea that you always expect a battle to occur and that when you have a boss the boss needs to be fought in combat and everybody has to use their combat stuff and that if they come up with a crafty way like convincing like pretending to be Kamazots when the other guy was pretending to be Kamazots and convincing the anti-paladins that you're actually Kamazots and the anti-paladin kills the main guy that's kind of fun right it's kind of fun to have that happen it's fun for the players it's fun for you you didn't know it was going to occur it could be really cool so so that is you know not not hanging on too tight to the idea that everything has to happen in battle. There are lots of ways to have big battles and you don't necessarily have to have a big boss. Sometimes there will be a big boss and sometimes you're going to expect a fight, but sometimes it's more fun, especially for like the pacing of the game and the interest in things for the boss to get killed in weird ways that you weren't expecting. They get eaten by something else. I ran an adventure yesterday where one of the main bosses was eaten by a space whale. And it was like they went from 163 hit points to zero because they get eaten by a space whale. And it was fun, right? It was, it was a good time. It was surprising to the players. It was surprising to the characters, surprising to me. And that made it really a good time. So don't, don't hang on too tightly to the idea that boss monsters need to always survive from like catastrophic things like a bad, you know, like a really high persuasion check or a high performance check or a deception or things like that. 
So for today's game, we have Bart. Bart is a Gearforged rogue or Gearforged bard diplomat who's always interested in trying to convince people to be on their side. And I think in this particular level has lots of opportunity to talk to people and negotiate with them and try to work them. I always have to make it clear like there's certain people you're just not going to be able to negotiate with. So we don't spend a lot of time on checks that may like, oh, I rolled the 32 doesn't matter they're not gonna they're not gonna succeed it's not gonna succeed but many times especially among darrow they certainly could succeed we have dorn Greycastle played dorn Greycastle is a shade fighter sorcerer former adventurer whose soul inhabits the body of someone named potter a, a, a human named potter potter's body is getting more and more beat up at shade as as dorn takes it down deeper into the scarlet citadel and mez is hoping to bring potter's body to, to send Dorn's soul freely into the afterlife and return and and return Potter's body. That would be really that would be really good. Garble is a mushroom folk rogue far traveler. Garble is trying to find a new home, and I think Garble is going to have the best opportunity to recognize the power of these mushrooms and did so because I when we get to the strong start, I've got a really strong start where where they sort of willed a willed a creature into existence. We have Mez, the Frost Elf Fighter Parfumier. He is trying, very interested, both both a dealer in dealing with like plant life and herbology and things like that, but also mostly in preparing people's bodies and spirits for transfer to the afterlife. Malarkey will not be there today. Skrink Skibbers is a rat folk wizard occultist sacrificed upon the altar in Zobek to some terrible god and was returned by the Weird Weaver to break the chains that are binding the Weird Weaver to the Scarlet Citadel. The Weird Weaver being this god of randomness. Not exactly of chaos, because that sounds bad, but randomness. And Skrink is here, along with everybody else, to try to break these chains. They broke two of the four chains that are binding the Weird Weaver to Scarlet Citadel. So our strong start today... And at the end of the last session, they were wandering around and they wandered into this cave and there's all these crazy glowing mushrooms and the mushroom spore sort of got around. And I said, like, you know, the whole world goes gray. They all kind of in, in smelled some of this spore. The world goes, goes gray and a demon out of space turns and looks at the characters and turns and attacks, right? So the idea is that there is sort of a parallel world here in Scarlet Citadel. And if you ingest the mushrooms, you kind of rotate to this parallel world. Now, the interesting thing is while you're in the parallel world. So so one important point about being in and out of the parallel world is that uh, Immorta, who's one of the bosses they want to beat, is immortal. She has she has done something to herself that made her made herself impervious in the mortal world. But is vulnerable in the parallel world. On the other hand, she has de- devilish bodyguards that are protecting her in the other world. So, you know, that that's kind of like in order for her to beat Immorta, they have to ingest these potions, they switch to the other world, they face it. And there's a lot of different areas in this particular level that are very different depending on which world you happen to be in. And some of them you can't really cross and some of them, some of them you can. So there's interesting things that you're kind of rotating between these two different sort of worlds, depending on whether you have imbibed in this particular substance. And the Darrow Witch Queen, who knows about this, that I call the Acid Queen, she knows that these are world, but are real. But then there's always like, was it real, or did we all just share and join in a shared illusion? So scenes are face the demon out of space, travel west and meet the acid queen choose an approach 
to face Immorta. And I think that, at, at, you know, I, I, I'm... I don't, I think they get to kind of choose. I think they're going to start going up and down between like levels four and five. Find passageway between level four and five. And their goals are to defeat, I think there's four anchors for the third icosahedron. I'm doing like subtext, uh, subquests of subquests. And they have to defeat the four anchors. This is a secret, right? I think this is a secret from that I've had in another game when we, when we, find out i'm pretty sure i had the secret already let's look through the secrets the water in the southeast corners of decay also well maintain proper acidity levels and whatnot i think i already i did describe that i don't think they're going to run into the the that's in there Gilsfried and his followers are fanatic worshippers kamazats yes kamazats of being in pure savagery yes recently kamazats stole the fire blah 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 didn't matter Kurgram has thrown aside her worship at Kamazats and now believes there are multiple parallel worlds to explore she's imbibing a strange brew to see and explore these worlds we're going to keep that Kurgram and Gil's fear, fear and more to the debase, both wish her dead, but not as much as they wish the dead of the other Darrow Lord, but that's already happened. With Kurgram's experiments, Amorta somehow became impervious to damage. A Darrow, now a corpse, tried to stab her, and his blade turned to ash. He has not a mark on her. The power of her icosahedron keeps her completely protected. Yes. Immortus Icosahedron doesn't exist in the other world. One who travels there and uses one of Kurgram's potions can face and defeat the debased maid. Immortus the debased summoned demon bodyguards and pushed them into the other world to protect her from Kurgram's treachery. That's a good idea. This is the big one. Immortus Icosahedron requires the removal of several powerful entities lurking in the Black River, including Shogoth, Anchor of the Third Icosahedron, Lagfell, the Chain Thing, and Immortus the Debased. So those, these are all good secrets. So we're going to keep these and move them here. But it's this last one, I think. Whoops. It's this last one we're going to move up front. So that gives us one, two, three, four, five, six secrets already. I think another secret is with Gilsphere dead, Kurgaram now has the upper hand with the remaining Darrow. She's thankful for this. Kurgaram, Darrow Acid Queen, hopes to use the characters to slay Immortus so she can control the lower reaches of the Scarlet Citadel. I think Kurgaram hopes to use the power of the final icosahedron for her own whims. So she could be a new villain later. You say Acid Queen and my brain fixates on Tina Turner and won't let go. Exactly. Where do you think, what do you think my archetype is? Tina Turner, I think, would make an excellent Acid Queen. That's an old, what's that? Tommy, right? The, the movie Tommy. And I need one final secret. What is another secret that they could learn? I think it's important to reinforce this, that the, the Black River, a tributary of the River Styx, is twisted. They know this very clearly. Is twisted by the, the chaos, by the binding of the... Weird Weaver. No souls will find safe passage in their waters. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. Happy Mother's Day. Everybody's wishing Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Yay. Fun, fun times. Uh, I think those are good enough secrets for right now. We'll see if we come back with any other, any other secrets. Fantastic locations we don't have to worry about. We are going to look through the book itself, but the nice thing is we don't have to do it. And then we see my new trick. And my new trick was to create these, to, to have NPCs automatically flagged so that 
Uh, I don't have to fill out the NPCs. I know which NPCs we're already having. And instead, I go through and kind of look here and say, okay, well, which of these are not likely to come you know, up again? So an example is Alabek and Overon, they could still deal with them. So I'm going to keep them. Gillsphere, I'm going to keep Gillsphere's. I don't know if I need Gillsphere anymore. I think we're going to dump Gillsphere from current because he's dead. If you're dead, you're not current. Alabek and Overon are Mikey, the infamiliar of Malarkey. Probably not because Malarkey's not here. So we can take Malark Mikey off, off of that. I never did do Drakenzatz, the dragonborn captive of Gillsphere. I just forgot. And so we're just going to pull him out. We don't need him. Not that important. Kurgram, the Acid Queen, Thallus, Nightcaster, the Warlock, White Skull, Last Baskalag, and more to the Debased. Those are all there. I think we can, I think we can add, I'd like to add the other, uh, I would like to add the creatures that are the, the, yeah, like Shogoth, the anchors, right? So we're going to make these current. It helps me keep track of them, the chain thing. So by ha adding a current tab, I'm actually going to add this into the default database. I haven't done this yet, but I'm finding this useful enough that I think it's worthwhile to add to the main database. This idea that you can basically flag NPCs and you can sort of go through and look at the others and say, are any of these, are any of these current enough that I should add them back in? Like, should I, you know, but I think, I think they're all good. So then in the, in my notes, I have all these NPCs, right? And I have them, I don't want, but they're not really in any order. We should probably stick them in alphabetical order. Is there a sort? Sort, name, save for everyone. There we go. So, so it's really cool to be able to have like the list of NPCs that are important to your game that's already sort of pre-populated. Saves us a little time, right? During our prep. And who doesn't want to save, who doesn't want to save a little time? We have a ton of different monster potential monsters that we can use but i think so we have a new i don't know how this is going to work i guess it could it could still work so one of the things that i've been playing i I'm, i have never used it yet i did a video about it and i was really impressed i did a video last week about it and it's this plugin called clash that exists inside of Albert Rodeo. So you can install this. If you want to learn more, I have a video about using Clash uh, that you can take a look at where it shows how to set it up. I'm not going to bother to set the whole thing up. The neat thing about Clash is it is it's a it's another initiative tracker. You can you can use your initiative. I'm actually switching out the other base initiative tracker that Albert uses. The difference is this one, you can you can add any of your own monsters. So an example is if what's what's these like we have the giant vampire bat. I wonder if the vampire blad is in here. Oh, I can get rid of gladiator. Let's let's pull the gladiator off. Don't need that in the Scarlet Citadel holding pattern anymore. I don't know how Zodar got in the Scarlet Citadel holding pattern. Oh, I know. Let's delete this guy. Don't need that. Some of these. So I have the Myrmidon Sentinel Champion. I have all my Forge of Foes guys in here because I like to duplicate their stats and use their stats when I when I don't want to look something up but I don't know if I'm going to need them. So like the chupa, Chupacabra, right, as an example. So if we we're going to create a Chupacabra, we can like drag, you know, drag this guy on here. And then there's this view info clash button. And I can click on that and I can say search monster data and I can say Chup. And I find the Chupacabra from the, from the creature codex. And I say import. And now I've got the Chupacabra stats, right? And I hit save. And now I have a Chupacabra icon and I have all their stats ready to go, including their, I can roll their to hit, I can roll their damage, I can do all that stuff. I like to roll my physical dice. 
So that is helping a lot. And it's, you saw how fast that was, that I can improvise those guys really easily. So I'm excited for that. I'm going to delete that guy for now. Although I could have used the Chupacabra later. So monsters, I've got my list of monsters, but we're going to be, I'm going to be trying out Clash today and see if that works. I think it's going to work pretty well. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to try it as an initiative thing. I think I've already got like the demon out of space. I already loaded their stats, you know, so they've got their stats. This is actually a, I forget what the Velish demon or Vethesh demon or something like that. I forget where it's from, but I already loaded the stats. So that's, it's sort of an undead demon mummy thing, which is pretty cool. So I've got that. And then treasure and session notes, again, we can sort of take from the book itself, but let's take a look at the adventure and say, okay, they're going to be heading off west. What are they going to, what are they going to run into? So we will go to our table of contents here. They are in the bat caves and we have our, let's see. They went to the roosting chamber. They went to the bat cave. So all of these areas, basically up through 412, I've already run. So we're going to be focusing on rooms 413 and above, which is the, the other half the other half of the area. So 13 is the crystal place. 14 is the mushrooms. 15 is where they meet the acid queen. 16, 17, 18 are all interesting locations. So we're going to take a look at these. I, th I think this is mostly where they're going to be. Now, I guess there are no... So one interesting point is it doesn't look like there's any connections in this part of the dungeon to the Black River. And I think the only... Let's see, what, what other ways are there that go to the Black River? So there's obviously the hole in area 403 goes down there and the stairwell at 411. So let's just see where those lead. So 403, look at, I gotta be honest. This is why I don't recommend this adventure. Area 403 is one page, two pages. It spans across three pages. It's so big. Like I just need a quick reference. So let's see. The hole in the floor through which the, the turquoise stream flows drops 50 feet to the Black River. The hole is centered over a spot near the entrance to the Golden Pyramid Chamber, area 505. So let's just skip down, see where that drops off. A lot of verticality in this dungeon, which is really cool. I love the verticality. So it drops right down here, sploosh, right? Because this is the stairwell that leads down. So they can go right down to the Black River itself. There's the Golden Pyramid. And, you know, that could be a... You know, that could be a way that they go. One weird thing is you're supposed to meet Gellert in 503, and there's no way I'm going to have Gellert already here. You know, Gellert's down working in the other place. I, I don't want to bring up Gellert yet. So, okay, so we know where the hole is. So that means there's basically two ways down to the Black River, but both of them the characters have already found. And that is areas 403, big hole, goes 50 feet down, and the stairwell at 411 which goes down to the other stairwell. And is that stairwell that Immorta the Debased uses, right? And she's kind of lurking about. But I think Immorta may also regularly kind of come up these stairs and harass the Darrow. But she probably hasn't been up in a little while. So let's see. What did I say? 412. So 413 is where we're going to start paying attention. The crystal platform. The cavern in the site is significant overlap between the character's reality and a similar but not identical alternate dimension. The true seeing spell or potion allows a character to see and interact with both dimensions. Even if the characters are being escorted by drow pariahs who immediately guide them into the fungus farm and therefore they get a look at this chamber as they pass nearby. Because I guess there's options. Let's, let's look at our map, right? 
Yeah, so they could skip. If they go up here, they could skip and go through the mushrooms or go through this crystal cave. But I think that this is a good area to see that there are two realities. There might be a little... I think once they fight the demon out of space, they will... The, it'll wear off on them because they haven't really ingested a lot of them. They only saw it enough that they, they fought this thing. But then they might get little flashbacks, little acid flashbacks that show them that like there's other things in this room. Cavern in this site is significant overlap between the character's reality and similar. True, speeing, true seeing characters are being escorted by Daryl Pariahs who immediately guide them to the other chamber. They pass by. Crystals are not of this world. Alien substance is an anathema to the matter of the prime plane. If someone enters the chamber... The soles of their feet begin to dissolve. They take three force damage at the start of the turn as long as their flesh is in contact with the floor. The same thing happens to anyone who climbs the walls and any rope lower down. I don't think I'm going to worry about the floor. I think it's going to be like they just start taking force damage as like their body is ripping apart because of the weird, the weird stuff. Then if they use the truth seeing or the other one, they will see that there's crystalline devils. I wonder, so we can look at, we could, for example, use generic tokens. What's a good one of these tokens for a crystalline devil? Oh, let's see. I guess we'll use little skulls are always good. All right. And we can click on this and we can go into view info and we can click on search monster data and we can say and do a search. Crystalline devil import. Say, and we have crystalline devil. And you can, if you hold down on the, the option key on the Mac will let you duplicate them. So then you have two crystalline devils. So that's really cool. So they see, if they, if they imbibe, they face crystalline devils. Those are from Toma Beast. Let's take a look. And devils, crystalline. Why don't we make an actual token? Token stamp. Token stamp is awesome. You can see how fast it takes. Choose an image. There we go. I don't know why the thing didn't work. We're going to give it kind of a grayish, dark gray. And make the image nice and scary looking. There we go. Download that. And then I think we can go right to our map. What happens if I drag and drop straight to the map? It import. I think it just directly imports it. There it is. All right. And then we can go in here and say crystalline devil. Search. Crystalline devil. Import. Save. And look at that. You see how fast that was? Like you can do this. If you get pretty quick at this, you can improvise what you know to me the tools that are really really the best ones the ones that i prefer the best are the ones where you can do it right at the table you can do it during a game if i have tools that i can use during a game to improvise along with what's happening i'm in a much better state than the ones that require me to do a lot of work up front and that's one of the reasons why i like owlbear so much is like i've done a little bit of prep you know, on, on Albert, I just did, right? I just made crystalline devils, but you saw like for me to like open up the PDF, snapshot a picture of the artwork, go into token stamps, create a token, drag it into Albert rodeo, and then assign a, assign a stat block to it using clash. Holy cow. That was fast. Right. And I made two of them, you know, really, really fast. So, you know, I find that really, I find that really, really useful. So what else we got? Let's go back to the adventure. So there's crystalline devils. The fight breaks out. They handle the blah, 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 blah. See, oh, God. Not even spells such as fairy fire can break the devil's invisibility. Technically, they don't even exist in the same reality. So I think you could do some kind of like you go in there and you can, you know, feel things, but you can't face them unless you go into the other one. But man, there's so much text and so much flavor text. What is this blue energy stuff? Uh, blue light-filled holes at the center of the platforms. 
are conduits of ley line energy flowing upward from the Black River. Mortal flesh is never meant to interact with the energy. If a character touches a blue light, whether experimentally because they're pushed into it, roll 1d6. I wonder if this is one of the maps that has a overlay for that room because the base map does not seem to. Oh, you can figure that out. Fungus farm. Kurgrom's Darrow do most of their fungus farming here. They also hunt various cave vermin that live along the things. Depending on the situation, you can add two to six Darrow dements to the area description. So we have some Darrow. The characters don't... Pre- oh, this is like if they fight. The Darrow village is area 15, and we know about that. And that is where they meet the Witch Queen. Do I have... I Did I create icons for these folks? Let's see. I did. So I have a Witch Queen, and we will... Guard, Shadow Antipaladin, Abyss Walker, Hellforge. I don't, I guess her stat block is not one of the, no, she's in the Creature Codex. Oh, you know why? She's not a Darrow. Well, the, the stat block isn't a Darrow. So we have Witch Queen, and we click Import, and we hit Save. And for her, we can rename her. Uh, she is the Acid Queen. Darrow Dements. These guys look more like Darrow, they're Darrow Pariahs, but... They sure look more like Dements to me. Oh, I already have stats for them. They really only have four. No, that's not right. That's because it doesn't have stats for them. I wish this had their their CR. This looks right. CR one half. That looks perfect. We'll just use that. Save. But we'll rename them Dements. I don't know what the difference is. I don't really care. Stat blocks don't matter that much to me. And does she have... She probably has her own anti-paladin. Handful of Dements. We have some Dements that are over here. Probably do four dements over there. So I think that that is pretty good. I'll probably put a couple down here. Whoops. There we go. Put one more. They're low CR. What else? Any others? So Kurgram, I already know all the stuff that I want to do with Kurgram. A lot of this doesn't matter. She has the potions of augmented reality and a plus one shield. Hmm. I always worry about plus one shields because, boy, the AC of the characters are already so high. I'd like to give them something else. What we will do... So we will roll some random treasure. We will do a treasure, a, a hoard to treasure hoard. Wow, that's a lot of treasure. I guess I don't need mundane treasure. Let's do an uncommon magic item. Cursed shadowy stone of good luck. I like that. That's pretty cool. Necrotic astral suit of plus one plate armor. That's not bad. I know I just said I don't want to make their armor class any higher, but boy, they'd love that. Frozen draconic plus one short sword. I should have added spells to this. I like to use deep magic spells. Draconic Smite. I don't know why this... Yeah, something's going on with Open 5e. If you click on it directly, it doesn't work. I've been talking about it. I think of... Oh, come on. Crap. Guess we're going with normal spells. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for something that can work on a plus one suit of plate armor. It's a pretty good magic item. Dispel magic would be crazy. Haste would be crazy. Thunderwave is always good. They already have stuff that does Thunderwave, I think. Vampiric Touch. I like that. That would be kind of cool. Necrotic Astral Suit of Plus One Plate Armor that casts Vampiric Touch once a day. That'd be a really good... That's a really good magic item. Lightning Touch Ghoulish Plus One Dagger that casts Fly. Not bad. Temporal Orca Set of Winged Boots that casts Acid Arrow. That's another flying thing. Frozen Clockwork Necklace of Adaptation that casts Spiritual Weapon. Casting Spiritual Weapon is really good. But what's a good item... That would do it. A brooch of shielding that casts spirit weapon. Shadowy prehistoric brooch of shielding that casts... That's that. That's not bad. That casts spirit weapon. I like taking normal magic items and adding a spell effect onto them. I have not had a player yet who is like, oh, these are kind of boring. 
they were always like, oh, that's really cool. I think that's all good. So we got three good pieces of treasure. Not a lot of gold, but I don't think they needed a lot of gold. I, could they? Is there a reason why the, 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 no, she wouldn't, but Morda would certainly have a big treasure hoard. So we'll, we'll worry about that. I guess, yeah, when we, let's pull up one of those crazy big treasure hoards. A staff of power. Mm, don't think so. so. There's a bunch of gold. 3,800 gold, 1,000, you know, 4,800 gold total. I think this is a good amount of gold that Immorta would have. So we've got some good treasure there. Uh, let's keep looking at the, what else is going on here? So there are prisoners' quarters with mind rot th thralls. And then, it, where is Immorta? That's another giant room. So there's barbed and bearded devils that are protecting her. The portico shown in the overlay is the best way to get down to level five in the Black River. The portico and stairs reside in the parallel reality. They don't exist in Midgard. Only characters under the effect of potions of augmented reality. Let's take a look at the alternate, the alternate map. I think this is the alternate reality one. Yeah. So that one shows what the, that room looks like. And I guess, so that only exists in the other realm. That's interesting, right? If we look at the other map, it doesn't exist, but it does exist in the other realm. Interesting. That is cool. I think I probably will switch to the other the other room. Portico and the stairs reside in the parallel reality. Character without the potion can be guided along by someone else because the passage doesn't exist for them. They slam into the cavern wall. So I guess this is where they would fight Immorta. Let's take a look at Immorta and and we'll we'll you know we'll consider her stats. So because I'm probably gonna why do I even bother looking at her stats? I'm almost certainly gonna just make up my own. So Immorta, what is she? I, I like to use my, in this case, we're going to use my Forge of Foes stat blocks. And she's certainly higher than a specialist. CR7 for the Myrmidon, but I think probably Sentinel is CR11. I think she is probably four attacks plus nine to hit, 18 damage each. That's a lot of damage. She's, that's pretty hard. I think she could do three. So I think we're going to do this. So we're going to, we're going to duplicate the Sentinel and, and I have just used one of my Forge of Foes monsters and re you know, made a new or more to the debased stat block. I don't think I have an more to the debased icon. So we'll just snapshot that, go to token stamp, choose an image and make it blow it up, make it nice and sinister. We'll do red. That looks good. Down the, there she is. I think what we'll do is go to the token here. Let's see, I've got our edit tokens. There we go. So now I've got an icon for more to the debased. Now stat-wise, I don't have a stat sheet for her. So I'll just fill in one. I'm just going to use the one that I've got in my own sheet. I'm not going to bother to fill in all those stats. And we got barb devils and stuff, but those are all SRD, so that'll be easy to come up with. So I'm not going to worry about that right now. So they face more to the debased here. All this text. Magic skull. What does this do? 15-foot skull, circle and teleportation. Yeah, some summon brazers. This is where, I don't know if we're going to do a whole lot here, but this is where, um, like, look at all this stuff, man. Another, oh, God. There's so much writing. I don't have time to read all this. I'm busy. I got things to do. It's a summoning circle. And I think that Les Baskalag will know about it. But I don't think there's any, like, advantage in summoning all these things, right? You can, like, get burned by psychic damage and stuff. But I don't know that there's any other advantage to this. Immorta's chamber, uh, that's where we'll put her treasure. It's certainly guarded with a glyph of warding. It already says it is. DC 14, I think we'll make we'll up that saving throw. And that's basically it. So I think I think we're all set for today. I think I've got plenty to do.
and plenty to figure out. So I think we're going to call it over there. Call it all done. Friends, I want to thank all of you for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my Scarlet Citadel game. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing to the Sly Flourish newsletter. You'll get a weekly RPG-related email sent directly to your inbox along with a free Adventure Generator PDF. You can also support me directly on Patreon where you get access to all kinds of exclusive Patreon features for Sly Flourish and help me put on shows like this. And you can pick up any of my books at the Sly Flourish bookstore, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy DM's Workbook, and the Lazy DM's Companion. Links for all of of those are down in the show notes below. Thank you all so much. Have a great day and get out there and play an RPG.